Inspire with the CEDP mission team. Connecting with teachers to transform students' experience of religious education. Welcome to Inspire. My name is Scott Carroll and I'm a teaching educator with the mission team for Catholic education in the Diocese of Parramatta. In this episode, we're joined by Religious Education Coordinator and Curriculum Developer Maria Boyd and her Stage 3 colleagues Scott Mortimer and Vicky Morgan. Thanks for joining me, everyone. Uh, Maria, I'll throw to you first. Could you tell us about the focus of this particular learning cycle? Our initial thought was that if we put up that question, what is my existential purpose in life, uh, that that could scare a lot of kids into thinking this is too hard and how can we possibly tackle this? So um, instead, we decided we would just spark their curiosity and see where we could go from there. So we asked them one day to sit and ponder what would the world be like if they never existed. So they started by thinking about how connected they were to their family, to their friends, to their schoolmates, the the teams they played on. Uh, anything that they had any connection with, families overseas, how important they were to those people, and they got all that in their minds and they were sort of sitting there smiling and we said, right, now imagine the world if you had never existed. And uh, they they then journaled about what that feeling was like. Sounds very Charles Dickens, like a Christmas carol. A little bit Charles Dickens, yes. <laughs> yeah. So from there we then um, we played with some cartoons. I'd found some cartoons on existentialism and that just got them really, really curious and they kind of unpacked some of the cartoons that we looked at in the um, comic strips. And from there the conversation started growing about, well, what are these people saying about life and what matters? And that's when we, we then went with the knows and needs to know and then we, we started to build and reveal what our driving question was. Okay, so you did the nose and need to nose after your initial, um, you'd had the initial provocation and some input, um, although not necessarily specific input around the language of existential and so on. Correct, that's right, yeah. yeah. So what was your thinking behind that? Um, again, it was to go back. We wanted every kid to be engaged. We didn't want. We wanted to have multiple entry points, so nobody felt that they couldn't get a handle on this. And mm-hmm. um, and then we gradually started looking at what philosophy was about um, people searching for truth, and how we, they they investigated the the history of people searching for truth. So we touched on a few people. Um, Sartre and um, Plato and then we looked at some Catholic philosophers along the way and how they were all searching for what that purpose was and then we kind of introduced the word and put the question up. And so just a reminder, this is stage three, yeah? This is year stage three. And six? This was year six's approach. Now year okay. five, I think, went about it in a slightly different way. If you'd like to listen to the way year five did it because we knew our kids, we knew how different they were. So even though we were having the same cycle, we kind of came from different angles. So I'll, okay, I'll, great. I'll pass over to Vicky. Thank you. We started slightly differently. We still had the same cartoons, the existentialism discussion. Um, then we went, looked at the meaning of life. Where the kids led us to was that we were looking at their purpose in life. Then they kind of naturally went to what their gifts were. And so with that, we went into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So 
we looked at confirmation and, and that kind of linked with a couple of our kids who are actually making their confirmation um, going through the process with their parishes too. So we initially went with that. Then we looked at their own personal um, their own personal gifts and we looked at how um, we looked at Corinthians, we looked at um, Peter and Galatians and looked at how our gifts could not just um, be something that was used to help us to flourish, but it was that they would it would help other people to flourish as well. So that was kind of where we went. We then looked at how it wasn't just um, us flourishing. We were looking at the human dignity of other people in other countries and, and how our effect of our flourishing, was it going to be at the expense of somebody else? So they, were, they then went with, looked at human dignity. Um, we went, then went to uh, the story of stuff and we looked at how our, our life was affecting other people adversely, whether or not we were buying ethically produced products. And we sort of looked at, um, you know, Pope Francis's look at how we should be protecting the environment and protecting the human dignity of people. So we looked at how our everyday life was impacting other people, you know, were they flourishing? So we sort of went that way. Then we went back to what is a good life and looked at the different philosophies. Uh, the different philosophers led us to looking at the gospel. We looked at, uh, we went back to the essential learning, which was Isaiah and Luke and John, those three different readings. We went, used John as well, because it was that, that Jesus message that this is my your new commandment. So we sort of used the Gospels of Matthew. We used Isaiah and Luke, which were in the essential um, learning. And then we went, the last thing that we're finishing up with is the five ways of knowing. So we've kind of used a different route, but we've kind of covered off on all the essential learning components of the unit. Okay, so how did you come to, uh, I'd, I'd like to hear how how the students um, determined the direction that you took, because I know that there is essential content there, which is non-negotiable content that, that needs to be covered, and there's some sacred scripture and tradition, and you've named sacred scripture in there that, you, um, that you've used throughout the learning cycle. Because some people, when they hear about inquiry, they think that it's a free-for-all. And what you've named is that you've got this particular content that you need to cover, but it's the way that you, um, the order that you deliver it, obviously, has been uh, modified between year five and six. Can you speak to that for us? Do you want to talk to that, Scott? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Um, something I really enjoyed about this term's um, RE inquiry was the fact that the students were able to come to us with the the idea that we did have a sort of a, a road in place for them to follow, but there were many avenues that they could have gone off on. And I think the way that we started the unit was a really good way to introduce them to it because it wasn't something that was locked in, which is what we have sort of done in the past. As we moved throughout the unit, we kind of took some of the ideas and sort of flipped them a little bit in terms of um, gifts of the Holy Spirit, for example. We then spun that onto the kids themselves and said something like, well, let's look at you. What are some of the gifts that you yourself express? What are some things that you recognize in other people? And we made it more about the kids then. And the kids were then able to come up with a sort of a little, um, little poster, I guess you could say, about the gifts that each of their peers represent. And it was something that we printed off and stuck up on a display. And they were really proud of their efforts there. They could go and see 
oh, well, that person's really interested in this or this person's really talented with this. And it gave the kids an opportunity to really express themselves in ways that some of us didn't even know before. Like I managed to find out things about my students. I didn't know that they could play instruments and some were singers. And, and then looking at those gifts and then applying them to the learning that we're doing and existentialism, how can we link that back to our question? How can we use these gifts in conjunction with the gifts from the spirit, uh, from the scripture, sorry, of the Holy Spirit and sort of forge our way forward through life using what we have to work out what we don't yet know. So I, I found that quite interesting this term, giving them that little bit of freedom and leeway, but still sort of guiding them along the path that we need them to stick to in terms of the unit itself. Okay, so it it's still tight in terms of what's being covered, but there's... Um there's a space, I suppose, space to be able to hear from students. Isn't that great that you've gotten to know your students that much better just through the, the process of teaching this particular way? How is this different to what you've, or the way you've done things in the past? I felt like in the past I was more locked into outcomes and this was where you had to go and this was the assessment you had to do and end of the day it was kind of like a ticker box but now that with this new curriculum there's a lot more freedom and choice and when we sit down and we have our planning sessions we can preempt what we think the kids might say but then you know it'll go off in another direction completely which is what I love about the unit because every student has a different story to tell and if we can get a little piece of them and include it in this curriculum I think I feel like that makes it more authentic and the kids are learning more from each other than they do from us sometimes which is great so I think putting them in that real-world situation where they're going to learn from other people once they finish their schooling and their education, I think is setting them up for success moving forward. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, we've talked here about starting with self and moving out to world and so on. We've also talked about how students um, can determine some of the direction and, and the ways we go. And from Vicky's description of what happened in Year 5, the essential, same essential content's been covered but it's been covered in a different order because as students started to bring up the notion of gifts, you jumped to the connection to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, for example. And and in, in that freedom, uh, how do we ensure that we're still covering the, the key tenets of our faith? We know that um, students are engaged because we're talking about their, their lived experience, but how do we ensure that we're still covering scripture and tradition at a, at a deeper level. Okay, so planning-wise, um, we only ever planned a week in advance because we would go back, the students were revisiting their knows and needs-to-knows quite regularly and shifting them around and adding to them, and we would categorise those and see where it was heading. We didn't teach the five ways of knowing at the beginning. We used the five ways of knowing. So we came into it through through reason and then we, we spoke about emotional connections where they recognised the gifts of the Holy Spirit being acted out through the lives of their friends where they saw that. We looked at the sacrament of confirmation. We used the scripture to see, well, this is this was human take on what meaning is in life. Let's have a look and see what Jesus tells us. Let's look and see what scripture tells us. So they did quite an intense um, investigation of Matthew's gospel and identifying messages about the importance of the human person in God's eyes. And they were looking at what's God's take on this and how does the spirit work through us in today's world? How was the spirit working through Jesus? So we kept dancing in and out of it, which was wonderful. And then by the time we'd gone through and then they'd looked at um, 
social teaching, Catholic social teaching. So they locked into the dignity of the human person. How did that have to link into flourishing and a purpose in life? They looked at some negative examples, things like hedonism and nihilism that they became interested in. What what, what did they lead people that those things don't, don't lead to life and flourishing? They lead to depression and, and, and being in a bad space. So it was really towards the end of this term that we got into recognising and identifying for them, you know, there are five ways that we um, understand things, five ways of knowing. And that's what they're now reflecting on. They're using how have I come to a deeper understanding of what God's purpose is for me and how I look for meaning in my life and make meaning through my faith. How have I used my head, my heart and my hands? How have I used those five ways to get to where I am now? So what I loved was that we could... that. The essential content wasn't just a a prescription, it was a guide and it was um, a light for us, I suppose, to keep coming back to how do we make this a really rich experience of their faith. And, of course, we've got kids there that are not Christian, so we found that um, this worked for them as well, that they didn't feel excluded that, well, I haven't made my confirmation Does that mean I don't have the gifts of the Holy Spirit? So that opened up a really big conversation about that God's Spirit is working through the world and through people, through their acknowledgement and their relationship with God, however they come to meet God and through what means or whatever faith path leads them, which was lovely to see them affirming each other and kids that were, kids that are Hindu or whatever, identifying their relationship with God and their purpose in life and how that made sense to them. So um, I think it was the dance that made it so enriching that we could really bring the truths of the Catholic faith alive because of that movement between experience, knowledge, what's my reasoning about this, what are my questions, come back, how does that make me live, what does that change about me? And we had some really profound questions that um, that kids raised through the and some observations they made too. How how powerful! I want to hear about some of those observations in in a minute. Maybe um, Vicky and Scott might might have some um, stories that they can share there. Yes, but I just found that really powerful that you have used the um, the ways of knowing consciously in your planning without putting them up on the board and saying to students, these are the ways of knowing. You get to the end of this 10-week um, block of work and you're able to say, what ways did we learn? And mm. through that, we, we learn by doing, don't we? Yeah, we do. And so and so the students um, have learned about the different ways they know things because you've modelled that process all the way along, which I'm sure is a much more... Um, it's a much more multi-correlational way of learning. It's a, it's a way that they're really going to connect to because they've got those solid examples from which to draw. It's not like starting at the beginning of a unit, which perhaps we've done in the past and sat everybody down and said, who can think of different ways that they know things? You've actually <laughs> given them all the same examples all throughout the learning and then at the end given them the opportunity to reflect, which also makes me think of, um, you know, it's a, it's a form of contemplation. You named that the students kept bouncing back to examples in Scripture, 
of mm. Jesus and how he did things in his life as compared to how I do things in my life, which is contemplation on action and action on contemplation, which is which is orthopraxis and, and named as, as such a, a strong underpinning in our curriculum. I think that the thing that surprised me the most was that the kids were not perturbed by the the question at all. They weren't concerned. It was just like any other driving question. I think that in our heads the the complexity of you know what's my existential purpose was bigger for us as teachers than it was for the kids if that makes sense the thing that um surprised me the most is that when they actually were introduced to the question that it wasn't we thought that it, that it would be intimidating for the kids but they just took it in their stride and it was just like okay well I'm looking at my purpose in life it didn't phase them like I thought that it would. It was something, I guess, in our heads. When I first heard the question, I was like, oh, you're kidding me. But, um, <laughs> That's you know, I, I don't even know my own existential purpose, you know. But I was really surprised that, you know, the kids came up with, you know, the notion that, you know what, it changes throughout your life. You know, what my purpose is today might be different to my, what my purpose is tomorrow or my purpose last year. Or they understood that, it was not something that stayed the same, that it was continually evolving and changing and it could change within five minutes or it could change within five years and they they understood that, which really surprised me. Well, it was a, one of the, the, the ideas that the kids came up with that what it is today isn't what it's going to be any other day. What a great learning. I, I can't imagine what, it, what difference it might have made to my life to have known that at the age of 12. One of the... Um, one of the schools that I work in, um, they had, uh, they did the same learning cycle, and they decided to start with the question. They knew, like you, they knew that it would be overwhelming for students, but they thought if we start with this question, yeah, we've got their interest, and then if we finish with this question at the end of the learning cycle, we can see what the students have actually um, picked up along the way. And so when they were asked, "What is what is your purpose in life?" they took out the word existential and said, "What is my purpose in life?" These girls turned to the teacher and they, they just raged against the teacher and said, you can't ask us that, we're 12. How on earth am I going to know that? Um, yeah, I just wanted to go back to when we did our knows and needs to knows after the, those first couple of weeks. So we um, actually got the kids to categorise where they thought their, their knows and needs to knows kind of sat and we kind of had a bit of a running theme. Most of them were around the idea of life is short, um, live it to the fullest, life is like a game. Uh, we even had a life is like a box of chocolates reference in there from one of the kids. Um, but then as we go, as we sort of filtered down a bit, it started getting really deep. And this is where we could see the people that were starting to really think abstractly here rather than just looking at the words. So we had things about, you know, leaving a legacy behind and choosing a path and life having ups and downs and, um, one child even started to think about reflecting on themselves in a way that I need to show some of some more compassion to other people. I need to start showing respect to more people. They took a really good reflection on their own life and they're able to make those adjustments moving forward. And that was a big learning for a lot of them, I think, because once one kid started saying it, there was kind of a snowball effect and others started to realise, oh, yeah, you know what, that's something I could start doing myself as well, which fed in really nicely to our... PDHPE unit this term, which was on relationship building as well. And it was just a really nice segue, some really good conversation. 
And it was, it was nothing forced about it. It was very natural. There was no sort of direction from the teacher. We just kind of turned the floor over to them and it was just really nice to see them, you know, listen to each other and discuss and, and question each other and build upon each other's ideas. And for me, that was a really good sort of takeaway from this specific unit. What do you attribute that that success to um you know what what are the you know it whether there are maybe three to five ingredients that that led to them having conversations which were actually about essential content that you wanted to cover i think it came down and this was way back sort of in term two when we were putting together our term three overview we kind of tried to pick subjects that would really marry up so a lot of our literacy and our pdh and our re and our inquiry all kind of fed together really nicely and i think not overwhelming the kids with too much and it was a lot that we were just covering in multiple facets was a really uh, a good buffer for them they weren't too overwhelmed with too many different tasks at once Um, that would be one of the main things in terms of the teachers um, prep and planning but for the kids themselves we were just really driving the whole inquiry approach and we've done it at this school and the kids have done it since kindergarten so they're really in tune with what the process is and just really turning it over to them and that just that gradual release of responsibility. You know, you're in year six now, it's time for you to lead the discussions and it wasn't as scary for them as, say, if you'd told that to someone in year three or year four because they'd had all that practice and experience and the fact that we were very upfront saying, you know, we're not forcing anyone to get up and speak if they don't want to. If you have something you'd like to contribute, by all means, the floor is yours and then that just kind of snowballed again. The kids would just come up when they felt comfortable. It might have taken a couple of kids to, to get up first or maybe one of their friends got up and then they felt comfortable to do that. We did a lot of um, small group partner work. We built up to larger group instruction as well. And I think just sort of gradual stepping stones into whole group discussions was a really good way to, to ease the kids into that. That's terrific. It sounds like you've got all of the, all of the structures in place that allow students to have success and to have a voice, which is terrific. Yep. Could I share some student voice examples? Yes, please. We keep a document each week and we capture what the kids say week by week and I just thought I'd pick a few for you. So this was where they were talking about their relationship with God and meaning and one girl said, "Um, I've experienced a lot of hard times and God is always here with me. My purpose is to make heaven on earth and the way to live is the message behind the washing of the feet. That was one that I thought was uh, that was somebody who doesn't always share as much as they can. Um, we had one boy who became so intense about going home and reading the gospel over and over and coming in and, and having questions with us and, you know, what do you think they meant by this? And then he was looking up other philosophers and looking up, can you tell me some more Catholic philosophers, going home and reading it on his own time because he was just so fascinated by inquiring into it. And he said, um, everyone has the option to change their life because we all have free will. Uh, work the hard life, live the best life, die contented. Everything we do in life has a meaning. You should question everything you do, not overthinking what you do. So he was thinking, he was worried that, um, you know, we need to think about things but we shouldn't overthink because then we've got to have trust and that was that was a beautiful thing too. Wow. Um, this is a girl who, this is one of the, the girls who are non-Christian 
Different faiths and people have different values. The Holy Spirit in the Christian faith is about Jesus coming into you. There are different ways of knowing God. We all climb a mountain from different sides to reach the top. Wow. Yep. And one more, just one, one more. When we were baptised, we can, when we're baptised, we contribute to something that's bigger than just our own lives. We weren't, if we weren't born, the people and the world around us would be different. Mm. So that was that was on, you know, what if you weren't there? So that would just, I mean, you know, I just kind of pulled a few out for you that I just thought state the, the level of thinking that we've had some of these, a lot of the kids do, and some kids that don't even um, often, we, we give them a chance to journal or to, to reflect sometimes and what they write in their book. They may not want to share out loud, but some of the things they write in their books, they're really... You can see they're really engaged with this. It's it's touched them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're just really excited, I think, and looking forward to the next cycle. You know, we're going to do um, Finding Hope and Joy, and it's just going to be just a beautiful way to, to kind of bring the, the year to a close. And we've been trialling units from K to 6 this, this term anyway and uh, learning cycles, and everyone's spoken really positively about it where um, I was talking to a year four teacher just before I came in saying that, well, we weren't sure there'd been, kids have been writing prayers. They said every child, without exception, when's RE today? When's RE? When do we get to do that? And they said that was such such a beautiful change. She was really a bit teary about it, yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. That's so exciting. Um, back to Scott's point about... Um, I know you weren't talking about integrating necessarily, but just that mindfulness. Alignment. Yes, thank you. Alignment. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so that I'm going to take that away and have a think about that because um, in my conversations with other with other teachers, sometimes people are looking to integrate RE into into literacy, but I think that notion of alignment is is more. Um, it's it's something that you can do early on in the planning phases if you're if you're thinking ahead and then the connections I know they don't just make themselves but the students as you as you've named will start to see those connections won't they Yeah they make more natural connections then and they see it's part of life it's not something that just happens in an RE lesson Mm mm Wonderful Thank you so much for your time today You're welcome and good luck finding hope and joy because 2020 is the year where we need as much hope and joy as we can find. <laughs> Thanks, Vicky. Thanks, Scott. 